Kim and Kim. How are you all? <laughs> I love it. Louise has the double Kims here today. And hi, everyone. For uh, Thank you for tuning in to Kick-Ass Conversations with Louise and Kim. We are here on Friday, the 16th of December, joined by our guest, Kim Downey of Elevate Your Space Feng Shui, um, also known as Lake Life Feng Shui. So you may hear both. Um, and we are hoping that you are celebrating something. I see there is a note that somebody might be celebrating snow today. They may not be in Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not at the celebration of snow quite yet. Um, perhaps sometime next week I'll get out and celebrate. Right now I'm just shoveling and I'm not celebrating shoveling. Aww. Well, what are you celebrating, Louise? I am celebrating um, some positive energy into my day. Uh, actually, thanks to Kim Downey, I'm feeling really <laughs> fun and energetic, kind of having a lick at my space and my office, and it's feeling really good. And um, I kind of forgot how that positive energy felt, especially after last week. Um, if you listen to our last episode, it was more about just like, surviving um and this week feels more like thriving so i'm celebrating that new friends new connections and some new energy so thank you kim so kim d what are you celebrating this week um you know kind of similar energy i'm thankful that i was invited to do a workshop with you and louise and um do an office workshop and talk about feng shui because it seems like it's coming up a lot lately so and that was really fun. And it got me thinking about kind of cleaning up my desk too. And then I'm celebrating just getting back in with clients this week, being able to go in and actually help them declutter in their homes has been fun. And then also on Zoom. So it's feeling good. That's awesome. Yeah. So for those of you who are not in the know, what we're talking about is earlier this week inside um, the Your Kick-Ass Career collective. Um, Kim Downey joined us and we had the opportunity. She walked us through, it was a beautiful hour together where she walked us through how to, like, what is feng shui? How do we do it? And then she walked us through how to do it in our offices and on our desks, which was super amazing. And I am too celebrating that because it was super fun. And I've had a chance to work with Kim before, but having that opportunity to do it in the, in the collective as a group and then to make some changes in my office as well, um, it was super fun. And since I've had that energy shift midweek, um, I too am celebrating um, my clients because we've had several wins this week um, all around the idea of creating vision. Some of it has been around for 2023, right? Creating their visions for 2023. But a lot of it is just even playing with the idea of how do you start from a place of vision instead of just diving right into goals. And when they've had an opportunity to do that, I am just, I'm celebrating the huge shifts that are happening for my clients this week. So it's been fun. It's been a fun week for sure. <laughs> Love it. So Kim, I'm going to let people know a little bit who you are, and then we would love to hear from you. Um, who you are and what your career journey is. But first, I'm going to share about you. So Kim Downey is a feng shui advisor and owner of Elevate Your Space Feng Shui, um, previously known as Lake Life Feng Shui. 
She has over 20 years of experience and is certified by the Feng Shui School of Chicago and the International Feng Shui Guild as a red ribbon professional. I don't know what that means, but it sounds sexy and wonderful. And we love the color red. Um, Kim works with clients around the globe, helping them to identify areas in their home and office that they may be holding them back from creating their best lives. Most of her clients are busy professionals who are leveling up and are looking uh, at their homes and their offices to vibrate at a high energy level. She is like a fairy godmother who helps you take areas of your home that feel stagnant and lifeless and turn them into rooms full of acti active and healthy chi. When she's not working with her clients, you can find Kim working on her home's feng shui and in the garden or walking on the beach, probably not this time of year, considering you live outside Chicago. <laughs> Although I did, I did walk, well, I walked on the beach over Thanksgiving, so that was really nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Hasn't frozen over yet, so we're still good. True, true. We give it a month or two. So, um, so <laughs> tell us, Kim, like, how did you get to where you are? Was this what you always wanted, or is there another part of your journey? Oh, um, yeah. So, back in when my husband and I first got married, we kind of got married a couple of years after college and had our first condominium and. You know, I was trying to make it a home. I was trying to make it a um, place that I really wanted to be in. And I just happened to be at the bookstore and I picked up a book on feng shui. And I just kind of became obsessed with it. So it was, I would just kept buying book after book. I was trying it, experimenting, trying all different kinds of things. Um, and at the time I was teaching. So um, I taught preschool for about 12 years. And, but on the side, I was studying feng shui. And after a while, I'm like, you know what, I really want to um, actually really learn from a teacher. So um, I went through a couple year program and got certified. And then I started doing on the weekends, um, I would do my husband's office, then he'd have people at work who were like, Oh my God, this is really great. Your office, like I want to hang out in your office. Can um, Kim come and, you know, help me out? And so it just kind of kept spreading on the weekends. And um, yeah, and then I just got to a point in my career with teaching that I was burning out and it wasn't fulfilling to me anymore. I really was just um, wanted to feng shui everything. I, you know, sitting in doctor's offices, anywhere I went, my brain was, how can I make this space better? If only they would do this or that, you know, make their lives so much happier and the people around them. And so, um, yeah, so I stopped teaching and then I started looking at it as a business for the last couple of years. So, yeah. I'm really curious, Kim, often like these side hustles, like these passion projects that we have sometimes feel really overwhelming to say like, can I really like, put all my energy and all my time into, to the, into a passion project? Will it really pay off all these air quotes I'm using? Because that's what we think, right? Right. And, and so tell me a little bit about what that was like for you. Like, like, is it, how did you connect your passion with, with making it into a business? Yeah. You know, I was really hesitant at first because you know, working, um, especially in the U.S. with feng shui, it can be a little bit where people are like, ooh, that's really woo-hoo, it's mystical. Um, 
and they don't really have the right idea behind what it is and the power of it um, as a tool to change lives. And so I was trying to, I really kind of um, struggled with how do I explain this to people? How do I explain what I've learned, what um, my husband's learned, my family, the different energy we've created, different clients? How do I turn that into a business? And at the time I was working with a coach and she's like, you just got to get out there and talk about it. Tell people about it. Anyone who wants to listen to you, tell them about it. And the right people who want that to be in their life are going to connect you to other people and it's just going to start growing. And I, I think that that I had to get over that fear of talking about it. This is what I wanted to do. This is who I am. And, um, and then I realized that people do want to hear about it. They get excited. They're like, Ooh, okay. I never thought about it in this way. And like, I was just at a dinner party on Friday night and I was talking to the person next to me and he's in finances, you know, finances and feng shui are very, exactly. And we turned into like an hour conversation where he was telling me all about his work environment and where he was at. And, you know, it was just, it was fascinating. And, um, and hopefully I was able to help him with some things too in his own home office. But, yeah, so I think it was really just kind of coming out of that fear and getting out of my comfort zone and realizing that if I'm passionate about it, I'm sure other people um, will get excited about it too. Has, sorry. Go forth. Have Has it um, enhanced your passion or has your passion waned because now there's profit attached to it? No, because at the core, I just love seeing people, helping them with their space, you know, taking people from, because a lot of times in our spaces, and I'm sure we'll get into it talking about emotions, but it's avoidance, it's feeling heavy or embarrassed about their space. And then when they feel comfortable enough to open up and let someone help them, and they get energized and excited. Like there's just so much celebration and joy in it that, um, you know, it keeps me going. I get excited. Like I, I love to see people's pictures or updates, what they're doing, how they translated what we talked about into their own, you know, personal experience. So. So for those who may still be sitting there going, why are they having this conversation with somebody doing feng shui? Like, you know, I thought I was tuning into, here's a new managing emotions. Could you tell us a little bit about what feng shui is and how it supports the individual and or the business or the family? Can you, can you just speak a little bit into that? Sure. So feng shui translates to wind and water. So wind is like those things that you can't see. It's our thoughts, our subconscious mind. Um, I always give the example, you can walk into a room after a fight or an argument, you can feel that heaviness, that tension. Those are the things that we can't see, but you know, we, we're feeling them. Um, or it may be a home that you go into an office and you go, I just wanna sit down here, this feels so good. This is nurturing me. I'm feeling energized for being in this space. And though, um, water part is the things that we can actually see visually, whether it's a portrait, a painting, um, beautiful flowers, or it could be flowers that are not thriving. 
So all of those things we're taking in, um, you know, all of our senses are being activated all day long. And a lot of times when we're in our spaces, every day in and out, we tend to ignore it. Um, we tend to kind of push it aside. For someone coming in new to our space, they're going to be able to pick up on that energy a lot quicker. But we're so we're taking in all of that. And whether it's your home, it's your office, how you set up, where you sit, you know, affects how you feel on a daily basis. It affects your mental health. It affects your health. Um, you know, talking about emotions, if you're feeling depressed, then it's harder to get out of bed. It's harder to take care of things. It's harder. Things get neglected. And so that energy sits there. It becomes stagnant and it's hard to get out of that cycle. So, um, you know, feng shui is considered to be like one third of your success in life because it is about your environment, but the impact on it um, is just enormous. Yeah, I can imagine that. I know that, you know, you use that word environment. Um, it, it is, I've worked places mm -hmm. where the environment was so misaligned for me that it did impact how I was feeling. It impacted my emotions. It impacted my, my overall well-being. And I've also worked in places that have been the opposite that were, they lit me up and it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the work that I was doing. It was the environment that I was in. Um, and, and so even just on that base level of like thinking about feng shui from that perspective of how do we feel in our environment and how does it impact our overall well-being? Um, I think, ties nicely into what it is that we're starting to talk about today um, around managing emotions. Um, when we, we've had a previous episode that touched on emotions and it was one of the things that um, a lot of people were asking us questions about. So we're, we're revisiting it today from a different perspective. And I just want to throw out this question to both Louise and Kim is um, when we talk about managing emotions, what is it that comes to mind? There's those air quotes. Those bunnies are busy today. I don't, I don't like the word managing. Um, it, it's so interesting because oftentimes I think, you know, we try to um, we push aside, right? Like um, we push aside of our emotions. We, we discount them. Uh, even Kim Downey, when you were talking about like the energy, when you walk into a room, sometimes we don't recognize it as energy. We just have a feeling. Right. And we have this emotion. We're not really sure why, but we disregard it and we push it aside. And then we miss out on the opportunity to learn and to actually like figure out like what's going on in our bodies. We we kind of we yeah, we miss that opportunity if we're not intentional and we're not paying attention. So like managing sometimes I think it's this this there's there's a lot of control that goes on around that. And yes, we do want to, right. We want to present ourselves, right. When we're in a meeting or we're doing something, we want to present ourselves in a way. We don't want to be like so emotional, right. That um, we can't get our point across or we can't communicate. Um, but yet we still want to be able to experience all of the emotions um, and all of the things that come with that. We want to be able to like be present in the energy, if you walk into a room, you want to be present with that energy. You want to be present with the energy that, you know, that that 
that's happening, that emotion that's happening with you um, when you're with others. And I think that oftentimes this word managing kind of like feels very, um, I don't know if it's a corporate word, but it feels very, I don't know, rigid. And I just don't. Managerial. Yeah. Like, right. Like, I don't know. Um, directive maybe is the word. And that's not, that's not really how we tap into um, those. I find them resourceful, right? They're telling you something. There's a, there's a sense there and it's a resource that we have to rely on. And if we're not paying attention to what that is, we just miss that opportunity to use that emotion, that energy in a resourceful way. What about for you, Kim? Yeah, managing your emotions, like I think about how it takes me back to being like a little kid of, okay, you have to, you know, allowed to cry in a certain situation, or you have to be on your best behavior and not say anything. And so that's what comes to mind um, to me at the beginning. But then I started thinking more about like managing your emotions of, it is that controlling, but there's times like I don't have a poker face. So for me, managing emotions comes to sometimes I don't need people to see everything that um, I'm thinking in my mind. So, um, you know, whether it's disappointment or sad, it, it depends on like where you're at, like what kind of situation you're in. And so I think that that's where I think of managing your emotions. You know, what situation are you in? How much can you let show? Um, and it does. It goes back to that controlling, like you said, Louise. And for me, it's funny because it brings, uh, Louise will not be surprised by this. It brings up my rebel. <laughs> it's like, how dare you tell me I have to manage my emotions? How dare you tell me I have to manage my emotions? These are my emotions. I get to own these. And, um, and I do recognize that's the rebel in me, right? And there are times where it is... I don't even like to use the word inappropriate, but it is not the most effective method of communication to be coming from an emotionally charged state, whatever that emotion is. It can be what we would consider a positive emotion of, you know, joy and excitement. Sometimes that can, that exuberance makes it really challenging for other people to hear what you're trying to say as much as if you're sobbing or angry or whatever that emotion is. So but yeah, the, that I said, it sounds like all three of us are in this, in this place of the management, like the word management isn't resonating with mm -hmm. us, but the concept of how do we regulate? How do we, mm, nope, I don't like that either, but um, I'm going to play with these words for a little bit. There's something in there, right? Where we, to have the temperature control of how our emotions are expressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. In NLP, we talk about resourceful and unresourceful. And so, right, you talk about positive and negative, but it, it's it's really situational. And, and it's really about like, what what is the most resourceful place I can come from right now, right? We don't want to always be showing joy at a funeral. Sometimes there's, there's right, there's a, a place you can be joyful, uh, right? And the most resourceful um, feeling or emotion is I want to show respect right now. I want to, right? I want to be in that place that that really represents how I want to 
how I want to show up in this moment. And we have that energy inside us. We have those emotions inside us. And so what's the what's the resourceful place that we can go to um, in that moment? Um, but to not to not like just push the rest of it aside to say, like, I'm going to come back to that later. Why am I feeling joy? Right. At a, at a funeral it could be a great reason. Let's explore that. Let's find someone else who's also wanting to be joyful in that moment and really share that with that appropriate audience and really connect with that, but not to just push it aside. I think for me, it's always like tapping in to say, where's the, what's the most resourceful energy that I can tap into right now um, that allows me to express or communicate what I really want to express or communicate. I love that idea of resourcing our emotions because what, because, and, and Kim, I want you to speak into this a little bit from, from your perspective is that idea of where are, and this is riffing off of what you just said, but where are the resources that we have to support the emotions that we have, right? So that again, that temperature control, but how are we resourcing ourselves and our emotions so that we can effectively communicate? Because if I'm alone, I can have any emotion that I want and not worry about how it's impacting anybody else. I can also choose to be exuberant or be despondent in public as long as I'm resourcing myself and am able to then get across what I need to get across. And yes, I don't believe there is a funeral I've ever been to that I haven't laughed at. That's that's who I am and I'm going to show up that way in my authenticity because I don't think we want to shut down that authenticity. It's how do, how do we show up authentically and understand that we're not the only ones in the room. So I'm curious from a feng shui perspective, um, or even just from your perspective, it doesn't have to be feng shui perspective, but like where can that resourcing come from? I Past conversations with you makes me think that you have some cool thoughts there, Kim. What do you mean, Kim, by? Can you just clarify by the resource? Resourcing? Of- yeah. So that idea of where do we get the energy or the um, tools that we might need to support the emotions that we're having? What's coming to mind is um, when we've talked about if there's too much heat in the room, like, or if I'm like on days where I wear blues and you're like, you need a pop of color. You need a pop of red yeah. because you need that heat. That's what's kind of running my mind right now. Sure. Yeah. So I think what's coming to my mind with you saying that is that I working with the elements. So like in feng shui, you'll hear a lot about the five element theory where you're working with metal, earth, fire, water, and wood. And so those are the elements that can be in our spaces. So if we want to talk about spaces and emotions, it has a huge impact on us. Um, So if you are getting really angry, uh, it could be possibly that you are sitting in a room that has too much of that fire element, whether it's a lot of the color red. I mean, the color red can um, really get you aggravated. Um, But at the same time, if you're feeling really kind of depressed or sad or even really emotional, like emotions come through um, as the water element. So if you're surrounding yourselves with a lot of um, blues, uh, 
paintings of water and wearing or wearing a lot of black because black is also representative of the depths of, um, you know, think of like a deep ocean. So that is one way to manage your emotions and to help out to go, okay, you know, if I'm really feeling this like day after day or even in the moment, um, what can I bring in? Like, so say if you're feeling really emotional and I'm really in that water element, that crying, that um, I would probably bring in a little bit of the fire because, you know, fire tones down water. Um, so it's going to, I'm sorry, actually vice versa. Water is going to put out the fire. So if you have a lot of fire going on, you're going to want to bring in that water element. Um, the wood element will soak up, um, earth element will also soak up that, um, that water element. And so, uh, you know, playing around with that, but I, I think it goes back to like we we're saying, also look in your environment. How are you setting it up to support your emotions? Um, you know, I think, like I think about um, emotions a lot of times, we wanna avoid our emotions, we wanna avoid people, we wanna avoid um, situations. And, you know, so some people will sit with their backs to the door, they'll sit, so when people are coming in, yeah, you may not have to look at the people behind you. You can avoid the situations, but what kind of message are you sending out to the rest of the world? You're telling your staff, you're telling other people that you don't have time for them. You don't have time for your projects. Um, you've got your back to all of that. So it's really kind of checking in with your emotions and how you're feeling and um, yeah, just learning to kind of I don't want to say manipulate your space, but it is kind of a form of allowing your space to work with your emotions. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Louise, you looked like you were going to. Well, I just love like, right. It, it goes back to resourcing, right? It goes back to like, so for, like, first of all, it's like paying attention to what's happening. So it's like, how do I, how do I, you know, how can I name what's going on? Uh, right now with me and then what is the what is the most resourceful energy that I want to feel right now right like you said right if you're feeling really emotional like there's a time and a place for that but maybe it's like no you know what the time and the place is is now for me to get out of that um, right and I want to move forward so how can I resource my environment um, to kind of help me resource that energy or move that energy or shift that energy within me so that now I'm feeling more like how I want to be feeling. But it, I think it comes around that, that, that recognition part, first of all, that I am, sometimes we don't even know we're emotional, right? Sometimes we don't even recognize what's happening. So it comes with, first of all, with recognizing what that is. And then thinking about what are all of the things that are in my environment, that includes people, right? Are there people that are, you know, adding that energy to me and maybe I need to hang out with different people for a little while, um, right? But it's all that recognition about resourcing, resourcing your environment, resourcing what you know about your environment, resourcing the folks in your environment, um, right? Removing yourself from that environment if you have to and putting yourself in a place. Even you talked about clothes, right? Like we forget about how, color but how like how clothes feel on us sometimes too can impact that energy but I think it's really about just like pausing and I love this conversation because it's like where are all of my resources that I have to help support me 
in this emotional journey that I'm on with, especially with transitioning from like one, one emotion to another, when I'm, when I don't particularly want this emotion to stick with me, I can't quite shake it. Um, and so how do I resource everything around me to help me transition through that? Yeah. So what I just heard there is we start with awareness, which we talk a lot about in many different topics here is it all starts with awareness. So what, what am I actually feeling? Right. Am I actually feeling an emotion and what is that emotion? And then an identification of, I, I think I heard, or maybe I made it up because I believe it's ne the next step is what do I want to feel? Like, what am I feeling? What do I want to feel? Because it, if you show up and you say, I'm, I'm feeling despondent and you recognize, I want to feel despondent, then you don't have to shift it. You just, <laughs> Absolutely. right. Yeah. But if yeah. you show up and you, and you're like, I'm feeling despondent, but I just want to get back to neutral. Um, <laughs> hi mom. Um, my mom just popped in to say she's listening. Um, the, uh, so it's, it's the awareness, it's the, what do I feel? What do I want to feel? And then what resources are available to help me transition from one to the next? And then the list of resources, it seems endless, but some of the things that we've already talked about is what can I shift in my environment? What can I shift about my somatic being, about my physical being, what can I shift with um, that, those things that are touching, right? That's part of our environment, but like those things that are touching for me, if my heat starts to go up, if I start to feel agitated, I know my hair has to go up. Like it, it is something, and then I will cool myself down and that's shifting my emotional state. Mm -hmm. So I've resourced myself by pulling my hair off my neck. So what, right, what are those resources that are available to us in that moment that are going to help us shift from where we are to where we want to be? And so I what else honoring, oh, I was going to say, Kim, and honoring that and doing something about it, because I think like something I've really, like a theme I've heard lately of with clients is that as we take care of their space, we clean it, we declutter, we enhance it with different th items that... Um, symbolize where they want it, what they want to manifest. There's always this kind of moment after that goes, this is really a so form of self care. Mm -hmm. And I'm hearing that a lot about people who've avoided looking at their environments, looking in, at their emotions um, and not doing anything about it because they don't feel either they should take time out of work to do it. But yet all of this, like I said at the beginning, working with your environment, your emotions, that's like a third of your success in life. It's how you show up and how you, how much energy you have um, to give to other people, to give to your business. And so just kind of honoring that in yourself that it's worth it to take the time to check in and then do something about it. Make those shifts. Yeah. So awareness what do I feel? What do I want to feel? What are my resources? And then to honor yourself by doing something about it. What else is there for us when we're trying to resource our emotions? What other, what other things are helping us when we show up, when we have that awareness, or maybe it's even how do we find that awareness? What are we missing? 
Well, it's, it's the pause, right? It's the power of the pause. Um, and I don't know how many times a day I talk about this, but right. When you can like, just take a breath, just slow down for a moment, just pause and check in, right. Check in with yourself. Um, when we're not pausing, when we're going, especially this time of year, right. We're all going a hundred miles an hour, uh, trying to get all the things done and, and wrap up things at work before we go on holidays or right wrap up the holiday stuff before the holidays are here. Um, like all of these things that are going on. And I just think we just, we move so quickly from one task to the next, to the next, to the next is that we don't take the time to pause and to reflect um, on what's actually happening. And a, a big part of that is like, yeah, like, how am I feeling about this right now? Like, am I dreading holiday shopping um, when I really want to be bringing more joy into it? So how can I make it fun? Right. How can I, what does that look like? Right. Um, I don't want to be wearing the, uh, the big snow boots um, and the hat and the mitts when I go in shopping, how can I make that a little more fun? What can that look like? But it's all of these things, right? I think we just kind of forget um, and we just plow through our day, just trying to get, check all the boxes um, and we forget to pause and just to say, okay, well, let's check in here for a moment. How am I feeling? Like, what is the energy of this room? Um, right. What is, what, do, what do I, what do I want to be feeling? Right. Kim, you talked about like that being feeling despondent. What's the opposite of that for you? Everybody has a different word, right? right? So check in with yourself and say, well, I don't want to be despondent, but I want to be, well, it doesn't even have to be the opposite. It's just what is what is blank, right? Is what would I rather be feeling? What's more resourceful at this time? Fill in the blank. And what's even accessible? Because I think that that's sometimes what we do is we we sit there and we say, "I'm so angry. I just wish that I could find the joy in this moment." Well, between anger and joy, there's a whole <laughs> lot of other options, and maybe joy is not where you can get to right now. So being realistic about if I'm feeling this emotion and it it needs to be resourced, I'm wanting it to be resourced so that I'm not in this state, in this moment, pick something that's accessible. It just has to be a step away from where you are. And then if that, once you're there, take another step to get to that place. But because, yeah, it's a big jump when people are like, well, you know, I'm feeling sad, so I want to feel happy. It's like, well, but that's that's a big difference. And it's really, really hard. And we're not setting ourselves up for success when we try and do that kind of a leap, in my opinion. And I think forgiving yourself, too, in the moment. You know, there's mm -hmm. times where someone's talking to you and you really just don't want to listen. Like, you just are not connecting. Or in that moment, you you know, you can, all of a sudden, you can start getting emotional of like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. I should be listening to this person. And but we're not always perfect of how we want to show up. Or those emotions come up that something's annoying you or you're distracted. And I think maybe it is, like Louise, you said, that power of pause, of not only just kind of to pause to feel, what you're feeling but i also think to forgive yourself too in that moment that it's okay what you're feeling you know it's not like just because someone's annoying me doesn't mean i don't love them and care about them it's just in the moment that's um i have other things that i'm concerned about so 
I love Kim that you've used the words honor and forgive when you're talking about dealing with emotions. Um, but I think just in general with yourself, like how do you create that space to honor yourself by doing the thing and how do you find that forgiveness or that, what I would call grace and courtesy for yourself for being human. I mean, we are emotional creatures. That's what, that's what, what we are. And for us to have whatever emotion it is to, to accept, to forgive, to have grace and courtesy, to allow ourselves to be in a space where the emotions are okay, it may not be showing up the way we want it to. And that's what it sounds like, at least from my perspective, it, that's what we want to resource is, is when it's out of alignment for how it is that we want to show up in that given circumstance. So I may be okay with sobbing on stage when I'm giving a speech. Somebody else may not be. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so you get to make that choice, understanding you're going to impact the people around you that are part of that same experience. But yeah, I love those words to honor and forgive um, because it is about giving ourselves grace and courtesies as emotional human beings. Mm -hmm. oh, so interesting. So what do we think about this idea of resourcing emotions versus managing emotions? Well, for me, that, that lands um, perfectly, right? It's actually probably my golden nugget that um, kind of floats to the top is like the resourcing. Um, it's probably the, the biggest takeaway I got through, right? Months of NLP training is, is kind of tapping into language and tapping into emotion. Um, and the understanding that it's energy, it's resourceful, or it's not, you get, you have the power to change that. It's within you to do that. Um, I also love the word transitioning, um, right? It, it feels so much feels like flow to me when I talk about transitioning from one resource, right, to another, um, or from one emotion to another versus managing it. Um, I'm transitioning this flow. I'm choosing um, to, right, to tap into a different emotion right now because that feels more resourceful to me um, in this environment. So, yeah, I, I that very much lands with me. What about with you, Kim? Yeah, I think just shifting the words, um, managing feels like a burden. I got to manage something. It's heavy, weight. Um, I don't really want to do it. You know, <laughs> all that comes up where the idea of resourcefulness and there's options and they're fun and they can be exciting and there's ways to work with it. And, um, that can be creative and thinking outside of the box. And so that I think that gets me more excited to manage my emotions and my day-to-day -day feelings and experiences. And it feels more of being in control versus the emotions are out here and I just have to manage them. But I can do that from within. That feels a lot better. Yeah, I agree. I mean, res uh, resourcing emotions definitely feels um, much more in alignment with how I 
work with my emotions mm -hmm. and how I help my clients work with their emotions. Mm -hmm. I do love Louise, the transitioning emotions as well. So like both of those terms, I like very much, like how can we resource those emotions? How would you like to transition or transform those emotions? Like, what do you want to do with them versus manage? Um, and to me, what's coming through is, um, and I don't know this to be true, um, but it feels like words like manage and managing feels very um, domineering, dominant, a more masculine energy versus resourcing and transitioning feels more feminine and fluid. You use the word flow. So to me, it's, um, I don't want to um, manhandle lack of a better word. I was trying to come up with a better word, but I don't want to manhandle my emotions because I'm, I'm already feeling the emotions and anybody who has, ever been around me and has suggested that I'm stressed or I need to calm down or I need like any of those things. It's not like I fly off the handle, but if, you know, I do know two of my loved ones listen to this podcast. So for those that are listening that have seen that part of me <laughs> and have said those words to me, know that that like, I immediately feel controlled when somebody is trying to manage my emotions Whereas if somebody had, you know, I don't, I don't know what words would go along with it, but that idea of if I felt like I could resource or, or transition my emotions, I feel like I'd be much more open to that because it, it it's just much more in alignment. Um, yeah, mom, you, <laughs> mom's making comments over on Facebook. <laughs> It, it just, as you're talking, Kim, it just um, feels more abundant when you say, right? Like I have the resources within me to make the change that I want to see. Yeah. Well, and, and abundant, expansive, I doubt, and it's interesting. I feel more in control of my emotions when I can say I'm resourcing my emotions versus I'm managing them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this. We played with words. All right. So I just want to recap kind of the process that we came up with too, right? It's this, it's the pause, it's the check-in, it's the grace and courtesy that, that for the place of forgiveness or whatever that is that feels right for you. But it's that pause and that check-in. It's the paying attention and the awareness of what do I actually feel in the moment and what do I want to feel instead, if anything. And then if there is a transition that and a transformation that you want to make with those emotions, what resources do you have that are available right here in your environment, on your person, right? What are those or other people? What are those resources that you have available to you right then and right there that you can utilize to transition that emotion? And then honor yourself by doing the thing. Right? Actually follow through with it. And then rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat. And, and I'm just going to throw in there again, that idea that to go from, if you recognize the emotion as something, it feels really intense and you want, and, and you're wanting to transition to something that feels very far away, try and pull it closer because we have a multitude of emotions to choose from, from, and we don't just have to go to extremes with our emotions because that can be very jarring to our bodies. 
And if you don't know what that is, like find an emotion wheel, right? Like, and have a look at what's between, right? Sadness and happiness. What are all of the options that you have? Um, Because we suck at at emotions, right? Like we really do. Um, We have five. I think that we default to and uh, right. Most of them are red um, emotions. So, so pull that out, uh, try it on, see what it feels like. Maybe you're not um, sad. Maybe you're some, maybe it's a different emotion Maybe you're not, maybe you're not way over here. Like you thought you were, um, but, but practice and try them on. Cause uh, yeah, we, we, we suck uh, as human beings um, labeling our emotions. Yeah. Can we include one of those in the show notes? Sure can. That'd be awesome. Um, Kim, we have so loved having you. We have a little bit of of business business, and then we're going to ask you to share how people can find you. Um, But if you want to be part of these conversations or have like the fun and joy of having um, wonderful um, trainers like Kim come in and teach us how to do feng shui and all sorts of other things, um, please join us over at um, the Kick-Ass Career Collective. You can join us at yourkickasscareer.com. We would love to have you join us there. Um, We also did record, um, we record the trainings and the workshops that we do. So if you join us, you can even just... Just go in and learn from Kim yourself. Like, how cool is that? It's there. Um, we have some cool things that are coming up um, in the next couple of weeks. You're just going to have Louise and I. It's just what it is. You know what? <laughs> we have these little things called holidays coming up, and we didn't want to um get into the, you know, muck of trying to figure all of it out. So we are going to be recording a couple of our next episodes, but you can catch us here live at the same time. Um, Next week, we are going to be talking about navigating uncertainty. I don't know why I've said it like that. (laughs) It feels big, but it's not. So Louise, you want to give a little preview of what we mean when we talk about talking about navigating uncertainty? Well, we, we touched a little bit on this uh, before in one of our previous episodes, but it's really about understanding and kind of unhooking, like when things go wrong, um, how do we unhook a little bit from the outcome? How do we stay present? How do we, um, you know, find that, well, who knows how emotions play into it all, but how do we, how do we honor ourselves um, and feel what we feel? And if that's opposite of whatever is going on around us, how do we kind of like own that um, and, and navigate through some of the unexpected things that holidays can throw at us? Yeah. So we are uh, we are going um, the episode will air at the regular 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central time on the 23rd of December. Um, and we are intentionally having this conversation in the midst of the holidays because spending time with loved ones, spending time by yourself, spending your time in this holiday season can feel really uncertain. And for many people, whether it's recession, whether it's inflation, whether it's layout, whatever it is, there it uncertainty isn't going away anytime soon. So um, we wanted to make sure that we're talking about it in hopefully a timely manner. Um, Kim, again, thank you for being here. Can you tell people where they can find you? Sure. Um, well, right now, because I'm in the middle of a rebranding, but you can still find me at 
lakelifefengshui.com and you can send me an email if you want to set up a 30-minute free consultation. We can talk about your space and, you know, perfect time right before the holidays or into the new year when you're setting those new goals. So I'd love to hear from people. And do you have any special talks or anything coming up that, that you want to share with anybody? Um, not in, right now because I'm really focused on that rebranding that's coming out with a new um, website and so much more to offer um, my clients. Okay, great. And you're also over on Instagram, is that correct? I am. It is now um, elevate-your-space. Okay. And if you go into my oh, thing. Oh, yes. Yep. Is on there. Sorry. <laughs> Getting used to all these new, um, <laughs> just changed everything last week. So <laughs> you can connect through that. And we've also included it in the show notes. So um, what, however it is, it's in the show notes. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Louise, any parting thoughts? No, not at all. I love this conversation. I also uh, want to thank you again, Kim, for coming into the collective this week um, and delivering that workshop. Um, it was fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's a great week. Like I said, I get really got my energy going too. So as I'm helping people, you know, there's something that always sparks into my mind of, oh, I need to change this in my place. So That's thank awesome. you. Um, well, thank you again, Kim. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, we look forward to seeing you soon on Kick-Ass Conversations. Bye for now. Take care, everyone.